Welcome to Listening to Your Gut. My name is Kelly, and I am an educator and future holistic nutritionist with a passion and purpose in this life to educate and serve others, like you. As a woman with two autoimmune conditions, I have found the power in embracing a holistic lifestyle to support my overall well-being. In each episode, I will share inspiration, tips, or research-proven strategies that will help you to listen to your gut, literally and figuratively. Together, we will work to honor our mind, body, and soul through holistic wellness. I am so pumped we are on this journey together. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Listening to Your Gut podcast. It is your host, Kelly Bluth. And I am here bringing you yet again another solo episode this week. You know, I'm feeling more compelled right now to do solos, to do some solo episodes. I just feel like there's a a whole bunch of topics that really need to be talked about, and I really want to talk about them. So, you know, I I can't wait to share some of my incredible interviews that I've done in the past few months, but... I just feel like, you know, last week's episode, so many of you resonated with, so many of you listened to, and this topic also was selected, just like last week's, this topic was selected by you, the listener. I put a poll up on Instagram, and I, I feel like I'm going to continue to do that because I think, you know, one, it's it's letting you choose what we focus on here, what, what I cover, which should be the case, right? Because you are the listener. I'm creating this for you. But two, it just shows how important those topics are, right? Because clearly whatever wins in those topics, a lot of you are really interested in. So yeah, so this week's focus, there was actually ended up being a tie when I looked back at it later on, but I had already started to plan for this episode. Um, There was actually a tie between this focus today, which is medical gaslighting. And the other focus was the importance of detoxing your liver, why it's important to detox your liver. So that is definitely going to be something that I focus on here very soon. If it's not next week, it's going to be in the next month, in the next few weeks, because I really do want to get that information out to you. It's something we all need to be aware of the importance of our liver and why it's important to detox it and how to do that. So stay tuned because that will be coming up here in the future, the very near future. So, okay, let's go ahead and dive in to today's topic. Today's focus is medical gaslighting, right? This was a viewer request or a listener request, I should say. And so what I'm really going to do today is I'm going to unpack medical gaslighting. So I'm going to share with you what medical gaslighting is I'm going to share with you five things to look for if you think you may be experiencing medical gaslighting. And then I'm also going to share with you six things you can do to help prevent medical gaslighting happening to you or by sharing this to help prevent someone else that you know and love from experiencing it as well. So let's go ahead and dive in. I want to start, like I said, first with what is medical gaslighting, right? I feel like medical gaslighting is, you know, it's it's part of this, I don't want to say tangent, but it's part of this really big trend that people 
have been talking about for a while, right? Gaslighting in general, we've we've been hearing that a lot more and medical gaslighting is a type of gaslighting, right? So it's something that I feel is important to discuss because I think a lot more of us are dealing with it or have dealt with it than we care to admit or then maybe we really realize, right? So I think this it's an important topic to shine a light on because I think a lot of us might be in the dark in terms of realizing that we are going through this. So what is it? Medical gaslighting is really when a medical professional dismisses your feelings, what you're saying, and they make you doubt yourself. Okay, so if you're thinking right now, holy goodness, like... (laughs) that sounds like something I've experienced, right? I think, sadly, a lot of us probably have in some way, shape, or form. You know, we, we go into the doctor, we don't feel well. We may look well on the outside, but we don't feel well on the inside. And we share our symptoms, we share, you know, what we've tried or what we're doing, and clearly that's not cutting it. And so we're looking for medical support for professional support and we're we're dismissed right i think that that is all too common unfortunately in this day and age and so i i want to dive into this i want to share what really is is going on here what really um could be happening to you in some of these situations. There's really five different, like I said, five different things to look out for if you think you might be experiencing medical gaslighting. So the first one would be that your symptoms and concerns are being dismissed or ignored without cause, right? So that's that's essentially the definition, okay? And so with that, you know, I have experienced that before where I've said, you know, to my doctors, and I've, I have, of course, several doctors, right? I have doctors that are specific in certain areas that I go to and, and a general practitioner as well. And, I, and I've unfortunately, I've had the runaround by several of them before in terms of me sharing what I'm going through and them coming back and saying, well, you know, maybe you're just, maybe you're just thinking these things. Like maybe you're overthinking these things. And it's like, no, I'm not overthinking these things. Like I know my body. I know what I'm feeling. So don't tell me that I'm, I'm just, you know, dreaming these things up, right? That that's ridiculous. And it's frustrating that, that we're not taken seriously and that we're not, we're, we're not looked at as being the, the know-it-all on our body right? Like we know our body better than anyone. And so how dare someone tell us who, how dare someone on the outside tell us that we shouldn't or don't feel some way just because for whatever reason, for whatever their motive is, maybe they don't want to to treat you or they're uncomfortable or they don't know how to move forward, right? That's not, that's not our fault. That that's potentially maybe their education, right? Maybe their lack of education. So yeah, that would be the first one, right? Is the symptoms or concerns that you're sharing are being dismissed or just ignored completely. The second one would be feeling as if a medical professional is blaming you, right? So maybe 
for example, you are someone who has high cholesterol, right? And you're also someone who has hypothyroidism, like myself. I can't tell you how long I have had in the past high cholesterol. And I've always been like, man, I'm a a physically fit, you know, good looking specimen. How, How could I possibly have this high cholesterol, right? And we know that even people that are physically fit that you know, look slender on the outside, they can still have high cholesterol. But I was still thinking like, I'm doing so many good things for my body, right? I'm exercising on a regular basis. Like I'm eating well, what, what is the deal? Right. And, you know, I would go in to get my physical. And of course, one of those things is getting your blood work, getting your cholesterol, right. As part of that blood panel, And inevitably, it would come back saying that it was high or like, you know, borderline to the the hypertension stage. And I'm like, what on earth? But then come to find out through my holistic nutrition coursework, through my own research, I have found that, you know, when you have hypothyroidism, you're actually more, you're more at risk to having high cholesterol because we have a slower metabolism, right? Until you are able to to regulate your hypothyroidism and to really get it well managed, you're going to have a a slow metabolism. And with that slow metabolism, that means that we're not going to be processing things as fast, which means that we may end up holding on more weight, which means we may end up holding on to more fat. And cholesterol is a type of fat. So because of that, we're then going to potentially have a higher level of cholesterol. So, but nobody, nobody says that to you, right? No one ever said that to me. It was just, oh, you might want to watch out like what you're eating or, you know, this and that, or maybe, you know, have an exercise routine. And it was like, man, I am watching what I eat and I am exercising on a regular basis. Like how, how dare somebody say that who, who doesn't know me and what I'm doing for my body? So that that's just super frustrating, but I've been there. I, I have experienced that form of medical gaslighting. So again, feeling as if a medical professional is blaming you is, is saying, well, you should, you know, cut out the sweets or you should, you know, develop a, a fitness routine when you're already doing those things or when maybe it has nothing to do with those things, right? Like with my example, it has nothing to do with what I was eating, well, it has some to do with that, right? But but that is not the end all be all, right? The the fact of the matter was that my cholesterol was higher during those points because my hypothyroidism was mismanaged. It was not properly managed. So I could go on a rant for, with that for, for hours and hours, but I, I'm gonna move on to the the third form of medical gaslighting, and that would be where your symptoms are being written off as quote unquote normal with no explanation, right? So uh, again, another example from my own life, from my own medical history is, you know, before again, I got into holistic nutrition and I started to learn things that were going to help heal me and support my body. I, I, I was really, um, feeling tired and I was, uh, just feeling weak overall, fatigued, right? And I would share that with my endocrinologist, with my uh, general care practitioner, and 
you know, the response was always like, well, maybe we need to check your thyroid medication. Like maybe we need to up the dosage. It would always then come back that my levels were just fine. But again, that wasn't the issue. Fast forward into fast forward to last March when I ended up getting a Dutch test, which is like your your sex hormones, um, a big whole lab report on on all your hormones, right? So I got the Dutch test done, and sure enough, it came back big red flag that I had low cortisol, right? Which if you know anything about having low cortisol, you know that that means you're going to feel tired, right? I was feeling tired. I was feeling fatigued. I had muscle weakness. Those things are all classic indicators of low cortisol. So it wasn't that my thyroid was the issue. Sure. Did it maybe play part of, you know, a factor in some way, shape or form? Of course. But was that was that what we needed to really be testing? No, it actually focused on the cortisol, right? It was really the cortisol that needed to be looked at. And, you know, once I found that out, then I was able to start taking action to support getting my cortisol levels back into the normal range. Okay, my love, I wanted to take a break for a moment to let you in on the best skincare line I have ever used that is 100% plant-based, organic, cruelty-free, non-GMO, and gluten-free. Skin Essence Organics is a Canadian-based company that sells their products in both the U.S. and Canada. As I mentioned, their products are all plant-based and contain no harmful toxins. They smell great, feel great, and last an insanely long time. I've had some of my products for over six months, and I use them every day. One of my favorite products is the Facial in a Jar. It's an exfoliant and softening mask. You simply use a pinch of the powder and a few drops of water to make the most amazing smelling mask ever. So if you're ready to switch over your skincare products to support your body and the environment, I've got your back. You can get 15% off your next order when you use my code KELLY15. And feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram with any questions you have. Now let's get back to the episode. And again, I could go on for hours and hours with some of my stories, but I don't want to bore you with that. And I don't, that's not why we're here today. So I do want to move on to the fourth way that you could experience medical gaslighting. And that would be receiving a diagnosis or diagnoses based on gender, race, sexuality, or irrelevant medical history without testing. Okay, now I don't have experience with this specifically, but I can think right up the top of my head, I can think of women just in general that maybe have irregular cycles or lack of a cycle, right? Amenorrhea. I can think of those women that I know that I I know of personally, but I also know are out there in the world that are diagnosed with PCOS. And okay, PCOS, one component of it is that yes, you could have a lack of a cycle consistently or altogether just lack thereof. But that doesn't mean that you should immediately be given this label of, oh, you have PCOS. Like what? No, 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 that is not okay. And and sadly, I, 
again, I know people who have been in that situation. And so it's just very frustrating that, you know, we're, we're not doing the testing. We're generalizing what we're seeing. And, and not everyone, right? But there are a lot of healthcare providers out there that are, are not taking the time to really know the individual, to really do the work, to figure out what is truly going on. And that is just so freaking frustrating. So uh, again, oh my goodness, I, I'm getting lit here on, on this, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue into the fifth and final way that you could be experiencing medical gaslighting, and that would be having to argue to be listened to or taken seriously. Now this, I feel like a lot of us can relate to, right? I I personally know that I can, and I've shared this with you before, I'm sure on the podcast, but also through social media. I mean, this this is something I have dealt with forever, and, and it's sad that we have to deal with it. But for example, for me, I have, uh, in the past year, I went to my gastroenterologist, the conventional gastroenterologist, and at the time I was also seeing a naturopath, and I shared with him that I had done the GI MAP test. Now, the GI MAP test is this really, really awesome stool test that can pinpoint a lot of gut issues, right? And in fact, the Diagnostic Solutions Laboratory, who created the GI MAP test, says it is, quote, the most comprehensive DNA stool analysis on the market, end quote. Hmm. So if that's the case, then why aren't our conventional doctors, one, using them, but two, aware of how beneficial they are. It's just super frustrating. And so going into that appointment and spending the maybe 10 minutes that I did with him in the office, I just felt defeated, right? And I, and again, felt like I had to argue that, hey, these results are valid. And continuously throughout that appointment, got turned down. Like he, he didn't want to see those results. He just absolutely wouldn't look at them. And so that's frustrating when, you know, you know that something's off, you've done the work, you feel that something's off and you're just given this, well, I I can't, you know, I can't look at these results because they didn't come from my office. Well, that has got to change, right? That, that truly has got to change. Like that is something that I am going to advocate for forever because until that happens, I think we're always going to be dealing with something of this nature, right? Where you have concrete results that show that something's off and yet you're, you're given the runaround or you're given the blind eye, which is not okay. So again, I could rant all, all day, all freaking day on this, right? (laughs) But I'm not because I don't want to do that to you. So I do want to, before we wrap up, I do want to share with you the six things that you can do to help reduce and or eliminate the chances of you experiencing medical gaslighting, okay? And so I'm going to run through these fairly quickly. If you want, you can write them down. If you want, you can rewind this and play it back, whatever you choose. But here are the six things. So the first thing I would suggest 
would be to keep a journal and document your symptoms, right? So like a food and mood log, I do that quite a bit, especially when I'm in the process of eliminating and or reintroducing things to my diet. I will log how I'm feeling and that is really helpful for me because I can determine what's supportive when I reintroduce it and what's not. But also in terms of, you know, the the flip side of that, if it's not food related and you're just feeling these symptoms, right, that are making you feel off, it's really important for you to be documenting that. And, you know, even to the, the point of maybe writing down how many times a day it's happening and what times of day and really just diving in deep to the details of what that truly feels like, those symptoms, that's going to be super, super valuable, right? Because a doctor can't deny that these things are happening if you've got evidence of how often they're happening, what they feel like, you know, what's going on. If you've got it written down there on a paper, you've got a log of all this, right? That's going to be super impactful. So that would be one, would be to keep a journal and document your symptoms. Number two would be to prepare a list of questions ahead of time, right? So really, you're really kind of thinking ahead of time, what do I want out of this appointment? Like, what is my goal? And what are the questions I'm going to ask that are going to hopefully get me there, right? So prepare a list of questions ahead of time. Thirdly, make sure that you take a support person with you. This is especially important if you're someone who feels like you're not quite ready to stand up for yourself, right? You don't feel like you are confident enough to to stand up to a doctor and say, no, I don't think that's correct, or no, I, I feel like you're not listening to me, right? So taking a support person could be very therapeutic, but also very supportive, because it's in the name, right? They're gonna be there to support you. They're gonna be there to be a second pair of ears and eyes so that they can also help advocate for you too. And I think it's also impactful to have someone else in there because it's like that two against one, right? Not, not that we, we wanna gang up on the, the, uh, the healthcare individual, but we want to make sure that they're truly listening to us. And I think sometimes when you come with someone else, they're more apt sometimes to listen because they they know someone else is listening in. They know someone else cares about this individual. And, and I feel like sometimes because of that, sadly, they listen more. It shouldn't be the case, but I feel like sometimes that is the case. So take a support person with you would be number three. Number four would be to contact a patient advocate. A lot of hospitals already have these, especially if you're going through something like chemo or radiation um, for for a disease or a cancer-related illness. They'll typically have those, and those are great people to to support you and to advocate for you. But I would also reach out and see if there are those types of individuals maybe in your general care facility, right? See if those people are available because if you don't have someone to go with you to these appointments, maybe you can find a a patient advocate that will be there to do the same thing for you. So that's number four. Number five would be Of course, get a second opinion, right? If you're like, nope, this person's not listening to me. And yes, I just did clap my hands. So that's what that noise was. (laughs) No, this person's not listening to me. I don't feel that this diagnosis or diagnoses are correct. Get a second opinion, right? That there's no shame in that. And then sixth and finally is 
go ahead and file a complaint, right? It, this person, if they're chronically, habitually doing this, right, to, to the patients that they see, this needs to be documented. And if you have to be the squeaky wheel, then so be it, right? Or if you are the tipping point for that person maybe being let go because they're doing this to so many other patients, then, then you're not only supporting yourself moving forward, but you're also helping all those other people that have been affected by that individual, right? So we, we have to stand up for ourselves. And in doing so, oftentimes that means that we're standing up for other people that we don't even realize, right? So just keep that in mind. Um, again, I wanted this to not be super, super long. So uh, hopefully you were able to listen to this all the way through. Hopefully this was supportive for you. Um, or if it was something that you answered on my poll and you were thinking this would be a great episode that I could share with someone that I know that is dealing with this or has dealt with this in the past, please, please, please send this to them or tag me and tag them in a post on social media just so that they can listen to this and hopefully use this knowledge, use these suggestions to support themselves in moving forward with their healing journey. I hope you have an amazing week and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Take care. I am so glad you listened today. But before I let you go, I have one small request. It would mean the world to me if you could rate the podcast on Apple or Spotify. You can leave a review on Apple podcast if that's where you're tuning in. Reviews help this podcast become more searchable, which allows me to impact more incredible women like you. Feel free to tag me on Instagram at Kelly underscore Bluth so I can personally thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with a friend. It is my mission to support as many women as possible and together we can make that a reality. I am honored to be on this journey together. Until next time, I love you. I'm always here for you and I'll talk to you soon.